Hi there, everyone. I'm Gwen Jones, and welcome once again to the I'm a Rotarian podcast, the weekly podcast where I introduce you to amazing people that proudly call themselves Rotarians. Well, this week, I have probably one of the most energetic guests I have ever had, and it was awesome. Chris Wells joins me this week all the way across the pond from Middle England. Chris is a podcaster just like me, so we went back and forth with uh, geeking out about our microphones and if we had the perfect amount of sound. But when he's not podcasting, he is actually the Rotaract ambassador for District 1070, not 1075. Sorry, Chris. Anyhow, he is a Rotaract ambassador, but he's also a Rotarian and he's a podcaster and he's one of the fastest talkers I've ever known in my life. And that's saying something speaking I've lived with myself for 55 years. So join me, won't you? Chris Wells and all of his energy is joining me about Rotaract being a Rotarian and being one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Join us, won't you? The conversation starts right now. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I am super excited to say I have crossed the pond again. This time to talk to uh, Chris Wells, who's joining me from Middle England, he tells me. And we're going to talk Rotaract and we're going to talk Rotarians because Chris is the Rotaract District Ambassador for 1075. He's also a Rotarian, which means he is a man of many hats. He's also a podcaster. And we're going to do a little hint that he's going to tell us about a thing called do-goodery, which is just the name is just so cool. So Chris, thanks for joining me on the Thank podcast. Thank you so much. I'm sorry to be that guy straight away. I'm in District 1070, not 1075. 1070. Oh, what did I say? T70? Well, T- you know. 1075. No, but I'm 1070. Yeah, right in the Midlands, right in the middle. Everybody in 1075 is like, oh, man, oh, we had who? no idea who the hell that guy was. Yeah. <laughs> who? What? Who? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. No, no. Thank you so much for having me on, Gwen. This is so exciting. Uh, Well, first of all, you know, thank you for thinking it's exciting. I I love it. And and for people who were with me last week, it was a very serious conversation about polio and about making the world a better place. And this one just feels so much lighter. So that's, yeah, it's going to be lighter. Yeah. Thank you. I'll try, I'll I'll try and make it light. not that those things aren't serious and should be talked about as well, but like, well, and we are still in the middle of a, of a polio month. Uh, October is still polio month when we're recording this. So um, thank you for, for taking time out of your busy life to tell me all about being a, I guess, a, a Rotarian actor or a Rotaractarian. Actor or a ro- Rotaractarian. 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 Oh my God. I love yeah. it. It's, yeah. so, one, of, one of those rotary people. One of those rotary people. So I guess the first question before we get to our usual ones is why do you have two hats? Well, um, I think one of the key reasons was, was that I came into like a, like a lot of people my age. So I'm 31 now. Um, like like oh, a lot of people man. my age, old man. I know, I know the the beard's going. Oh. <laughs> my children are older, but that's okay. Old man, go ahead. <laughs> and um, I essentially I came into I learned about the world of Rotary and Rotaract uh, through Rotaract. I learned about that. I happened to meet a Rotarian who introduced me to all the magic and all the stuff because I was pixie just like the, the yeah. pixie dust and all that. Because I was just like, oh, those that's like that wheel thing, and it's just old people in a pub in a pub, right? That's it. <laughs> 
And um, at the time, you know, and it's a case for a lot of clubs now, this is what I've learned on my travels, but a lot of clubs, you know, they, the average age of some clubs is in their seventies. So as a, at the time, 25 year old, he was like, oh, um, I I like meeting you and chatting with you, but I don't really want to meet up with you every week. Um, That seems a bit Not even at the pub. Not even at the pub, you know, pub can, pub can draw me in for many things. And like, you know, occasionally always down for it, but like, you know, on a weekly thing. And obviously these clubs are also they, they weekly meals. And I'm like, I can't afford weekly meals. I can barely ah, afford daily meals. Like, right. Yeah. So it was all that. But then it was like, right, well, you're, you're young and hip at 25. And I was like, yeah, I am. Okay. So like set it up and do whatever you like. And that was how we set up our road track club. Um, basically doing whatever I wanted. You actually started. You actually yeah. started your Rotaract club. Yes. Yeah. Back in 2015, um, I happened to be working in a school at the time. And um, essentially, I was I was struggling with my mental health a bit. I was very depressed. I was at that point where like I um, finished university, was middle of my job, didn't really know like, what am I doing in my life? Who am I? What is this? A lot of my friends were like still at university or all about. And um, yeah. And then one of my friends was like, oh, meet this guy. He's a Rotarian. So I was like, all right, what's that? And then he was actually like, hello. That's how he speaks. It's not really how he speaks. He's like, hello, <laughs> pleased to meet you. Um, you should do a Rotaract club. And he was just like, here's, here's a video. And I was like, what the blooming heck is this video? And I watched that and he was like, yeah, we're all charity. And I was like, okay. Like that sounds big and overwhelming, which is a problem I've learned to overcome now. Um, And it was like, yeah, just do what you want. And it was just so happened the school I was at, um, they did like quite a lot of charity work and I was already quite involved with them. And we did, the first thing we did was a charity um, tinned food drive. And it was um, all of the forms in the school, it was for Christmas and all the forms in the school were like, right, okay, um, bring your, make a nice little hamper and it can be a house or Rudolph or a sleigh and bring all your tin foods in and we'll give them to the charity. And I was like, oh, can we like get in on that as an external place? And they went, yeah, that's fine. So I essentially kidnapped a load of friends. And by kidnapped, I mean like, hey, let's go to the pub. And they were like, all right. So yeah, you're okay. still at the pub. We're just still at the pub, yeah. Age. But we had like our okay. own little private room. We had our own little okay. private room. And it was just like, right, should we do some stuff for charity then? And they were like, yeah, all right. That's how they will speak, all of us. Yeah, all right. And um, literally one thing led to another and we were a road track club uh, that was born and we uh, brought in like I think there was eight people at that point brought in all this tin food we made a nice little Santa sleigh which was really fun we met new people because some people brought friends that they didn't know and we all got sure. on and then all of a sudden it was like this is well fun let's do this more and essentially that was how our road track club came to be and I used my experience from university clubs um, as in like being in clubs at university. So I was on the radio, I was in Demon, I was in the TV, I was in the newspaper and all of that. And like the thing that I learned was always having something to meet about. So what we did when we started our road track clubs, um, that which has now become quite iconic with our club is doing pub quizzes or trivia nights, as I found out they say in America. Because if I say pub quizzes, a lot of Americans go, what? So, yeah, which, which I knew, I knew it, the, pub quiz was but thank you for no that's okay for those of for those that don't honestly i've done i've said it before and they've gone so just so i can confirm is that the same as a trivia night and i'm like yeah 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 yeah, yeah, sorry yeah so it's more yeah except it's more yeah is it different what's what's yeah what's what's an american like the questions themselves are more about but otherwise is it just a load of people sitting in the bar and they ask a load of questions and then they swap each other papers there's a, I was going to say, we'll put a pin in your story and mm. do a total, like, there was a game along, uh, gosh, 20 years ago or so called Trivia Pursuit. I'm sure you can yes. still find it to this I day. Do. Yeah, the, with the pies, the little colored with pies. That, with the pies. And most people don't ever play that game. 
but they love the box of trivia questions. So most bars have those trivia questions underneath their bars and they pull them out because if you think about it, it has like science, it has uh, society, it has fashion, it has history, it has all that kind of stuff. And so they take a few of those if the bar's getting a little bit slow. Oh, okay. Answer these questions. And if you get the answer right, we'll give you a dollar ninety nine bad American beer. Oh, brilliant. Something like that. Well, I say brilliant. Like, it's probably all microbrew well, stuff now, isn't it? It's all like yeah. local, well, local around, resource microbrew. Around here, it's yeah, it's, it gets a little bit more microbrewery, yeah. but yeah. yeah. So that's that's the average trivia night. I mean, yeah, that's, it's not that's like a, people are sitting around doing the doing the work. Let's think of fifty amazing trivia questions. Goodness, oh, I wish I wish that was that. that makes yeah, that's basically what I do. <laughs> Although it is good because it means a lot of people for Christmas presents will always just buy me pub quiz or trivia question books and i'm like okay and i actually found doing the pub quizzes um you could there was a lot of fun you can have with them so like i would always do different rounds my first thing that i ever did um was i would do every we would do it for different holidays so we did one for christmas we did one for valentine's day we did one um for easter and i would always have like the christmas round but i'd also have the anti-christmas round you know to kind of mix it up so um one year for the anti-christmas round Oh no, for the anti-Valentine's Day round, I did World War II because I was like, you know, there is nothing more anti-love um, than war, literally the opposite. So I was like, right. you know, so, so it meant literally it was like, you know, Valentine's Day, how many pounds of chocolate are born, are born, are bought every day on Valentine's Day? And it was like, okay, let's start the new round. What year did World War II finished? How, what was the death toll right. of the, this year? And what, and it were and like the, I, for my own amusement, I just kind of enjoyed doing those handbrake turns. Um, I used to do, um, <laughs> So like, and I found like, yeah, cause I used to do stand up and other things. So I always enjoyed, um, playing with the audience and doing that. And as a performance thing. And then what we did was we just charged a couple of pounds per person. And it meant that in our road track clubs, we were always then having a steady income that originally was for us and like running costs, like website, other bits. And then eventually it was like, right, which charity do you want to donate to this one? All right. And then we did it and it was just easy. And it meant instantly things were going out and we were going and doing good things in the world. So your your rotor act club would i guess you could say is probably the farthest away from a traditional even rotor act club i mean it wasn't the shirts and the sergeant no. arms and that no. it was let's all get together go to the pub find some ideas of how we could do good do good yeah wait for the next major holiday you know yeah. i mean you have christmas and then boxing day like Right afterwards. Yeah, right after, so I yeah, mean, oh, that's man, a twofer. Could do, if you could need do as to. a twofer. Yeah, that's yeah. a good shout, actually. <laughs> yeah. So that was your. So how then did that turn into you being a Rotarian? Because the Rotaract group sounds like a lot of fun. Well, I, yeah, yes. I'll so, join the Rotaract group. That sounds. Oh like yeah. A blast. Well. So there was two things that kind of happened with that. We were growing our club. Um, I got involved at a district level. So for a long time, I was the DRR, the District Rotaract representative. And worked with that. And um, a lot of the big things that I got involved with was growing Rotrack clubs. Um, and essentially, it was getting involved with that and then getting involved with the Rotary Club as well. Because one of the things that I found was that a lot of people, um, you know, they just, in fact, I, I did at the start, just assumed I was like, oh, you know, I don't want to work with these old people. Ugh. And then actually you meet them and it's like, oh no, actually they're really nice. Actually they're quite good. And then it's also using those expertise. And then it's like, what I found was actually, I was very lucky working in the school that I did because 
I was working like eight till three. So it meant I then had like another two hours in the school kind of doing what I want. And one of the things I started doing was I started setting up a stand-up comedy club, um, teaching kids to do stand-up, playing improv games. And what we started doing from that was running concerts. And at the time, I didn't know how to do a concert. I was like, I want tables and chairs and doing this. But I found just asking my friend, oh, yeah, I do gig um, sound mixing and stuff. And that was how I got involved with that. And I learned a lot of music tech and getting bits like that. I even learned piano for some of the songs. We did like five or six of these concerts, um, all before Rotary, all before I was in Rotract. And But I found that like finding those clever people to then kind of lean on and go, what, how do you, what's insurance? How do you get insurance? What's, what's like a speaker? Where do we get speak? Like what's the, and then all of a sudden getting and involving in those expertise, those were skills I then took that once we got into the Rotaract club, I was then able to go, right, Rotarians, how can I get involved? What can we do? What with this? And then um, Jim Davis, who was um, my first, my first Rotarian, the man that I met, that doesn't sound like this. Um, he, was like, right, okay, you've done this now. You're raising money. That's great. Set up a um, a project, a renewable project, a project that's always going on. And we set up a support group for young victims of stroke. And at the time, all of stuff like insurance, all the stuff like venue, all of that was like, okay, well, what do we do? How do we get involved in this? And that was when we involved the Rotary Club. So we worked really closely with them. And also we wanted to do more bits, but then a lot of us were working ridiculous hours and wanted to get involved on like things on the street, but couldn't, but it just so happened our Rotary Club needed people on the street. And also because some of them are over the age of 70, they needed people that could stand up for longer than like an hour. So then we were able to go and help and get involved and do bits like that. So we became very symbiotic in the way that we worked. And I, when I went round, and then I started doing talks and talking to people and I essentially would go around to Rotary Clubs and go, look, your average age, the way, the way that I would say that, Sometimes it's to go to some clubs that are very like, um, what's the word? Very stubborn. Like we don't need young people, blah. And I go around and then I go, and this is what the original aim is. But then I say it nicer. It's like, look, you're all going to die soon. You don't like, and I don't want that, but that's the reality of it. What's going to happen? But we change it and we change it using club. It's like, who's going to be doing service in 2035? Who's going to be doing service in 2040? If your club is the way you're going now, which is if you want if your actual aim is to put more good in the world you need to really think about that and like and it's you know same on both sides i've met like some young people like no don't want to talk to those but actually bridging that gap between those two so by the time i got to my by the time i was about 29 you know rotaract age at the time was up till 30 i'd met some rotaractors who were like 35 and i was like that feels a bit silly that feels a bit like an old man in a nightclub full of 20 year olds and I was like, I don't want to be that. I don't want to do that. So I was like, right, I'll sign up to the Rotary Club. But then I wanted to kind of help the Rotaract Club still grow. And the idea was, is that if it becomes strong enough on its own, we'll bounce out. And then what we'll probably end up doing is making our own satellite Rotary Club. But the idea was we've been in, me and a couple of my friends have now been in Rotary, Rotaract for five, yeah, my goodness, over five years now. And my friend, one of the first people that got to join the club, who's my age, he is now president of the Market Harbour Rotary Club. So he, okay. so we've got a 31 year old rotary president as well. So let's, let, let me break that down a little bit yeah. for those of us who, who, that was a lot. That was a lot. And I love it. I'm sorry. There's no, more. no, no, no. I cut but down as like, well. But there's like 15 different things that I want to talk to you about. So okay. the first one is I find it incredibly interesting that who is, who is the, who was the rotarian 
that got you except that doesn't talk like this. Doesn't talk like this. That's Jim Davis. Jim okay, Davis so, is my So Jim Davis, which I think is is, you know, the the well, the I was about to say unspoken hero, but he's not on the line with us tonight today. <laughs> and we can say that he did something that was very um I guess groundbreaking by just saying, "Here, why don't you yeah. start a club?" Absolutely. Because uh, here in the United States, it's very, if you want to start a club, here are all the things you need to do. Absolutely. Number one, da, 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 da. In fact, there, there is, you know, there's podcasts, there's books, there's all these yeah. things. If you want a Rotaract club, here are the rules. Absolutely. And this gentleman said, F the rules. Yeah. What are the things that you guys like to do? And you said, you guys like to earn money, go to the pub earn money, go give it away. They yeah. are very much civic-minded, charity-minded yeah. men and women, yeah. which I found very interesting. But you also had the opportunity to go, hmm, however, <laughs> we don't, since we don't know these rules, we don't have any foundations of how do we get insurance? Where do we meet yeah. in a building? What do we do if, you know, the sky is falling? Yeah. We don't have those things. And if you don't have those things, you don't have RI to back you up yeah. in case of an emergency. So I found it very interesting that he took you to a point where you guys, as adults, could figure out this is as far as we can go. Now we need your help. Yeah. So is this a future? Is this a model? Or is this a one-off of a crazy way to start a Rotaractor because it's obviously successful because we have Rotaractors that when they reach a certain age are immediately saying, well, now I'm ready to be a Rotarian and I'm the yep. president at 31, which is something in the States we don't have. Yeah. And I think so. Jim Davis is, is a very clever man. Um, and he probably will listen to this. Oh, hi, Jim. Um, he's a very clever man. <laughs> and he, and he was always thinking forwards with that. And so he has created a model that he calls Contemporary Rotaract and has very specific Ooh, structures. It even in the has way a that very we, sexy name. It does, right? He's, he's so does. good. It's got that, like, I've worked for a lot of years doing business meetings and running things at a very high level kind of intelligence yes. behind it. It, d- it sounds like there's cucumbers in the water, for exactly. sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. they drink those, like, w- those bottles look really weird. Absolutely, um, yes. Yes, but he um, he was very much like, look, you do what you need to do and like just lean on me and do it. And actually because of that, our relationship straight away, like he is literally one of my very close friends. Like I've been, he's just moved away and I went and stayed at his house not too long ago. Mm. And um, he is just now one of my friends. And one of the things I was talking about is like, how else would you make, would you make friends with someone, you know, of a different generation to you? It's like work and maybe through family. And that's maybe it. Like now it's just that fellowship and that kind of meeting through that. But no, Jim was very good at looking at the bigger picture and going, right, literally let us run and then looked at how we did it and then formalized it. So one of his big things was he has what they call the rotary Rotaract ambassadors who are literally the one point of call that all Rotaractors know they can lean on and go to, because the reason a lot of clubs fell apart, um, which was a whole project I looked into for years, it was crazy because um, back in the Mm eighties, there was over a hundred thousand Rotaractors across the country, approximately, I think maybe 10,000, a lot. Let's just say a billion. There was a A billion. One with a lot of zeros. One with a lot of zeros. There was a lot more than there was now. There was, okay. let's say, let's say 10, I think it might have been, let's say 10,000. There was 10,000 across Great Britain and Ireland. And then 
Um, when I was starting in 2015, the ones that we could count was less than a thousand. So there was a massive drop off. And also at the time, rotary numbers were just staying fairly constant, maybe a couple of blips up and down. Right. And that was it. So Jim was one of those people that was looking at that model, like a lot of people do, like Barry Rassin did and mm -hmm. does, and a lot of other people that talk about Rotaract now. And they go, Rotaract's the future. It's because they literally look and they go, bloody hell, what's, what are we going to do? Um, right. And like actually one of those models to set up, and the thing that I've always found with Rotaract um, and Rotary in general is that it's extraordinarily difficult to explain to someone if they have no idea what it is. If they have no base understanding, it like one of my friends was once like, so it's basically like a nice Illuminati. Like Which just, sounds cool. Yeah, it does. I mean, the, the conspiracy theorist in me is like, you know, yeah, yes. that would be great. Yeah. And, and yeah, also, but then it's that kind of overwhelming. The so that was a Rotarian. I'm just saying. Exactly. You never know. Yeah, exactly. And that was where, and that was where, um, to, to, to segue on, even though I'm bringing now attention to it, is where Do Goodery came from. Okay. So Do Goodery came from me trying to get other people involved and going, how can I summarize what Rotary does and Rotract? do in one word how can i summarize it and make it so simple and i was like it's do goodery you're putting more good in the world than was there before you do good that's it and everything else is just noise to me because like bureaucracy and structure and stuff is great when like you have a massive club and you need those roles and you need those people but when you're just starting off and you need a couple of people you need like a sensible person that's like compliance right you're not breaking the law great protect right. yourself fantastic um you need some ideas, people, and people that have that energy to want to do it. And it gives people that space to then go and do good and put more good in the world and do the goodery. And those are the people that we then get in our Rotaracts and things. And when it came to doing my speeches and talking to Rotaract, Rotary clubs across the country originally about, you need Rotaract clubs, you're all going to die soon. Instead, I'd say, who's going to be doing this? I go, remember why you're here. It's to put more good in the world. It room. It's do goodery. That's it. Do goodery, do goodery. And I get people screaming and shouting it. And it's like that one thing because then everything is then really easy to identify with this idea. It's like, right, does it bring me closer to do goodery or further away? If it brings me further away, I'm not doing it because we're all volunteers. We're all putting this time in and it's extremely difficult. And also like statistically a lot of work now is taking more time than ever it's no longer just nine to fives or little right. things and you can finish as soon as you finish work so right, it's right. like people have less time so time is way more valuable um time's always valuable but like there is less time to do things so once again if you have to go to someone hey okay you've only got one weekend a month that you're free I need you to read all these books and go on this webinar and watch all of this and sign these forms and go through that. And then less people are going to be less likely to do something to get involved, to sign up. But if you go, Hey, you're running an event. Let us help you. You need people on the ground. Let's get you involved. Um, and then slowly but surely they go, okay, so what is it? Then that's when you have those conversations. That's when they learn it. And that's when that transition can happen to when people then want to get involved, then they become passionate about it because all of a sudden they're like, Oh, wow. And that was what got me in. I was like, I wanted to put on more comedy and entertainment events. And then it was like for charity. And it was like, oh, okay, well, these people know insurance. These people give me insurance. These people can guide me on this. These people know what health and safety legislation is. Right. Brilliant. And then all of a sudden, you know, these people are also my friends and we're working together. And I really like working with these people and meeting these guys. And then all of a sudden, that's just in Harborough. All of a sudden you realize, oh no, there's actually a country. Oh no, there's a world of people that share those values and people that want that similar kind of thing. So 
so so that's very interesting and i and i and i love it however to be the to be the the old schmuck in the room um there is there's got to be some people that have blown back against this. I mean, oh, yeah. I have I have a pretty small group and sometimes the, and I am the president of my of my Rotary Club right now. And sometimes the rules to me even just get so obnoxious. Yes. And I have some rule people without yeah. a doubt. They live for the yeah. rules. There is yeah. order. And yeah. there is the rotary way, and that is the only way. And you're talking blasphemy. You're yeah. talking basically, let's work out the details later. Let's get them through the door now. I mean, you've got to have had people that are just like, oh, yeah, you, know, you can take this idea and put it where yeah. the four way test yeah, doesn't and, shine. And the results speak for themselves. And those are normally people that are going to fade away. Not by death, probably not by death, but you right. know, through should, clubs, not just, just not. I'm not wishing death on it, but like, that, <laughs> that, like if things are becoming that insane. And also, to be honest, the other way I look at it is this is just the way I do it. I'm not telling anyone the way to do anything. I'm saying this is the way that I've done it that has worked really well for us, and this is the way that we've been getting a lot of do goodery done. We're raising money for charity. We're doing that. So if you and if people have differing opinions, go out and try it, and if it works, my goodness, keep going. And we can still work together. We can still do all those bits and bobs and work all of that. But in terms of like long term to say, but I think the way that a lot of people we've been doing it the old way for a long time, and if COVID has shown anything, is that like we can adapt if we have to. Well, and I think if, if COVID has shown us anything, is that we can actually grow. Absolutely, there has been more clubs this year in yep. the United States than there has been in the last twenty. Absolutely, and it's just—I mean—that part is just kind of like mind-boggling and the Rotarians have gotten younger. And I think it's people like yourself that are like, I can do a Zoom meeting. I got yep. I got yeah. an hour. Let's Absolutely. let's do the Zoom meeting. Let's break out how we're yep. going to do our do-goodery. Yeah. And boom, I've, you know, got them. And it outside of a few complaints about too many Zoom calls, because there was a time there that even yes, I will admit absolutely. there was just too oh, many my goodness, Zoom calls. Yes. I still work mainly from home, so I still have a limit as well. Yeah. So, I mean, I know it's a lot to be on Zoom, but Rotary's had an absolute growth over COVID, which is Absolutely. really interesting. Yes. It's gotten younger and it's gotten more active and it's actually gotten more clubs. So, and, and, and it's because there isn't the pomp and circumstance. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's out the table. I mean, we yep. can't, I can't get my group to realize the, the little, uh, cons to raise their hand yeah. or thumbs up or anything. They still, you know, it's been a year and a half. They still can't do it. And like I said, <laughs> ultimately, like I said, it comes back to that question. That's what I focus so much on do goodery. It is the idea of what is it? Why are you here? Why, why are you basing your time on here now? You want to make friends? Brilliant. Do that. And it's like, I'm not, I want to make the world a better place. I love making friends and I love going out and doing this. And that's why I'm talking to you, Gwen, and doing all this mm -hmm. now. It's like wonderful to me, those people, but it is always based around, I want to put more good in the world than was there before because my goodness, do we bloom and need it now? But like if every, and it's that kind of idea of like, we need to spread it. We can't just be our own little cool, isolated group of people that are eventually going to kind of like fade away is that we need people knowing what we do, knowing what we do in simple terms and then getting more good done. 
And so, there are definitely ways that you can lean on that, especially with rule. And there's definitely people in rule times for compliance and all of that, especially. Right. You need that. You need to protect yourself and everything. But when it comes to people going like, oh, well, are you the president or the co-president or the sub-president or like, who's you this, who's this? When there's like eight of you in a room, it's like, right, well, we can spend an hour talking <laughs> about this or right. we can do that. And so, yeah, that's the kind of focus. That's my compass that I use for all of this. And do you think the... Do you think that the United States is mostly, and I'm not saying, you know, we're not beating up the U.S. We're not saying North America is better than Europe is better than this and that. But there is a real difference in America, the way Rotary Clubs are run, than I have found speaking to Rotary or Rotaractors in in Australia, in New Zealand, in Poland. Now I'm talking to you in England, Malawi, especially through um, Sub-Saharan Africa and all those clubs coming out of there. They're running more the way, the way you're running your club. Yeah. And all of them are growing, especially on the continent of, continent of Africa. Yes. Rotary clubs are exploding. India as well, exploding. And we've heard... From so many of our guests that not only is it growing, but it's respected and it's younger. It's Mm -hmm. like if you are a 25 to 35 old person and you're not in Rotary, what's wrong with you? That's And that's the kind of thing that we need more of because people then need to know what it is and know what it is quickly. And then they're going to want to join as opposed to like, oh, I finally found someone and I've asked them and they might come to the meeting next week. Oh, good. Okay, let's not scare them off. Okay, let's have a nice conversation. Well, let's get them involved in this. Okay, let's get them to me. We'll pay for the meal just to get them to sit down. Okay, let's talk to them and tell them this. Or... And in fact, one of the reasons that Rotary does, especially around England, grows in certain ways, in certain places, is that a lot of people retire. And they're like, well, I've retired now. Now I join my Rotary Club. Right. But now it's because I'll they do knew good about in the world. It. Now I'll do good in the world. <laughs> and admittedly, yeah. to be honest, if that's what people want to do, more power to them because more do-goodery is great. Right. But like I said, anyone that kind of challenges or argues, well, it's not going to work, it's not this. It's like, well, then I, you need to really reassess the situation that we're in here. And like you said, the results speak for themselves in a lot of places. And the other thing is, and the thing that I think is wonderful about Rotary and Rotaract is how international it is, is that some clubs, there are clubs in London, Rotaract clubs in London that are speaker only clubs. They pay ridiculous amounts of money for speakers. They pay ridiculous amounts of extra money on fees and dinners. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're all business people and they just want to see cool speakers and they raise like thousands of pounds a year, which goes to foundation and to everything else they want to do. Perfect. Brilliant. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. If you want to do that, do In that. In America, we call them check writing clubs. Yes. So we have, and- we have, we have a check writing. We have a couple check and on the little Island that I live on. We have four rotary clubs. I would say respectfully two are check writers and two are the ones that are picking up the trash on the side. Of the Absolutely. Road. And <laughs> And you know what? If that's if that's the way they want to work, that's brilliant. And the only time that it becomes an issue is when people go, no, that's not the way we work. That's not uh. the things that we do. Those those challenges, which admittedly I don't have a lot of, there are people that will grumble, but then nine times out of 10, those people will grumble, then literally not do anything else about it. And they've been rhinos for years. So just... Um, you know, in name only, just going and right. being like, just turning up and being like, no, I want my dinner. And then I say hello to a few people. And we have a speaker. And, and I think, and I think the Rotarians in name only or rhinos that that we are talking of, it, 
they are still Rotarians. Absolutely. absolutely. But, you know, if you look at those guys of 1905, Paul Harris and the other guys, they were businessmen who respectfully did go and have a meal and then figured out how they wanted to save the world. But even their first project was building public toilets in Chicago. So it's like, you know, well, let me get a few of these questions because I know you've blown the minds of many of the listeners already, but we do have a a few questions that, that um, we really do like to ask because they do get a lot of email about. And the first one is as you can either have your rotor act or your Rotarian hat on um, in all of these amazing charitable things that you've done or um, work that you've done. Is there one really inspirational moment? Is there one that you can think of and it brings a smile to your face every time you think of it and you're like, ah, okay, this, this is my it. This is why when the BS is going on, I still really enjoy being a Rotarian. Yeah, there was quite, there's been quite a few actually. So do goodery as, as this is kind of more of a selfish one, but involves Rotaract as well. So, um, at the school that I ran, um, I ran the stand up, I didn't run the school, man, I wish, but I ran stand up comedy and improv club. And one of those students got invited, um, basically to, um, the National Youth Theatre, NYT. which is a big college um, in London. And basically any actor from England you've ever heard of has probably been to NYT. You go into there (laughs) and it means that you are then allowed, um, I forgot what the word is, you are then qualified, inverted commas, Mm -hmm. to do auditions around in different places. It was a really big opportunity. But this student, they were literally like, right, well done, you've got in, you've beat 2,000 applicants to go in. Um, Now please come up with I think it was so no in fact no I think you built 10,000 applicants to go in um but now come up with 2,000 pounds to pay for your accommodation um in the next month thank you very much I was going to say in the next 30 days and it if was you ridiculous don't, there's somebody behind yeah, you and somebody exactly, behind, and there's them, behind you and some, right right and so at the time I was um leaving that school as well and I was like well I guess I'll do one more big concert then and raise money for you Mm-hmm. Um, and then what I did was that was the first concert I involved Rotary with. So they helped me get raffle prizes. They advertised it out. And that concert was called Do Goodery. That was the first time I ever used the term. It originally had a hyphen in it. It does not have a hyphen in now. No. But I originally called it Do Goodery. And that was like this moment. And it was brilliant because we rate And the, the deal was, so it, it was on the 25th of June, 2016. So that is literally, it was on a Saturday and it was literally the Saturday after the Brexit result. So the country, it felt like in England, it genuinely felt like the world was ending. It was terrible. It was awful. Like I, I was not happy with it anyway. And it was not a good time. And the prime minister, literally, as soon as that happened, the prime minister announced his resignation, like the day after. So it was, everything felt like it was on fire. I had students coming in telling me I voted leave and then crying their eyes out going, everybody hates me. And I had students coming in saying I voted remain. What the hell is going on in the world? I had people and it was... And it was awful, that like disparaging. And like I said, no judgment on anyone that voted, whatever they did, what they want. But that kind of real feeling of things falling apart was awful. Mm-hmm. But we set up this concert and it was my dream to do a Christmas concert in the middle of June just to confuse everyone. And this was before the Brexit thing, because much like everything else that happened in 2016, nobody saw that. So kind of the coming. Christmas in July kind of thing. I wanted to do Christmas and it was dead. It was on June 25th. It's because it was on June 25th. It was six months before Christmas. So what we did was we got the main hall and we, we, sorry, we got the smaller hall and we set it up with Christmas decorations, spoke to some returns, we got some Christmas things. They got us like that. And it was brilliant because 
even the poster, it looked vaguely Christmassy, but it didn't look Christmassy. And people would walk right. in, they'd be like, what the hell is going? And they came in and it was, like I said, June 25th. Um, I played Last Christmas on a vocoder. We sang like songs and did all this. And if we raised enough money through tickets and donations to, so uh, Anthony, um, who then joined Rotaract after this as well, um, it, so Anthony could go to NYT, um, he said he'd shave his head on stage. So then we did a sketch that was essentially, you know, and who, if you've ever seen Whose Line Is It Anywhere, they do the one right. where like two people are controlling the arms mm -hmm. and the other person's doing the voice. We did that on stage and Anthony didn't tell his parents that was going to happen. So there were people in the audience going, no, 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 no. Like as we're like just shaving all his like beautiful hair off because he raised enough money. And then at the very end we sang, uh, so here it is, Merry Christmas. Everyone was dancing in the room, standing on things, dancing and singing. And then it was like, this moment was like, we've done it. We've raised enough money. We've done good. And then like we open up the windows and it's still bloody sunny outside because it's the middle of summer. So we're like, oh, right. and, you know, this is at like 9.30 at night. And there was just this feeling for just that, like three hours of time, the world, the world forgot still. about Brexit. We forgot yeah. about Brexit. It was just a load of silliness in a hall. And it was all that good. It was that do-goodery. And while that was for a specific person... And was something that I put together is that I was so happy that he could get what he wanted because he'd put so much time in and worked on that. And like I said, he joined Rotaract as well, um, maybe even before. And it was like putting that in. So with Rotary's but involvement, almost like I could have, I would have put the concert on anyway. Had I never heard about Rotary or Rotaract as this, I would have put it on, but it probably wouldn't have gone to the scale it could have done and would have raised the amount of money it needed to if it wasn't for Rotary and Rotaract and all of us work and Rotary basically at that time was working together and then working and getting all the things we needed. And that idea of anything you put your mind to, if you want to do good for someone or something, it was that. And then every other time it's when you go to, so the other big thing is when you go to the international, I went, to, I got invited to speak. The only reason I went to the international convention was because I got invited to speak and going there and seeing all the stories and seeing all the people and seeing people who are literally exactly the bloody same as you. Right. <laughs> and it's, it's really funny because when we were talking about old clubs and doing this, I remember meeting a girl, um, I forgot where she was from. I think she might have been from Norway or Scandinavian country or Sweden. And she basically mm -hmm. said, yeah, this is my last year in Rotrap because the Rotary clubs, they don't like women in and they don't like young people in. So this is my last time as a Rotaractor. And that was heartbreaking. And it was like, but she wanted to keep going. And I was like, no, you just need to be a rebel like us and get involved. But the amount well, and of now she has e-clubs wherever yeah, she exactly. is. So she hears my voice. Yeah, please, please, please do e-clubs and yeah. get in touch. It's been a while, <laughs> but no. And just and meeting those people and seeing that passion for doing that and my and my key and in fact so that was my selfish one my big thing though that genuinely not entirely because this sounds well dark gives me a will to live a lot of the time is seeing the amount of people who want to help and do things because when you look at the news all the time and it feels that like everything's on fire and you look on Facebook and people are calling each other multiple words and people are arguing and it just feels like everything is falling apart. And mm -hmm. then I, just before COVID was um, happening, I was in Florida. The one time I got out was in Florida speaking and Barry Rasson did an amazing speech um, about um, the Bahamas and about the recovery from the tsunami. Right. And it was, it was brilliant. It was an amazing speech because he showed like a really depressing video about how the, it was all awful. And then a video that was a news story goes, and people are helping in the streets. And then he showed another video going, this is now it six months later. Mm -hmm. And it was nothing had changed. It was like, no, we still need help. And then he said like, Rotary's helping doing this, Rotary are the people on the ground. And then he finished it. And he was basically, one of the things he said was, he goes, we need divers to basically go and identify bodies and help the cleanup operation and go out and that. 
And when that finished, I went to go say hello to Barry because like I'd seen him, but he invited me to speak in Hamburg. So I was like, oh, it's my friend Barry, former International Rotary President. Okay, hi, Barry. But while I was waiting, a guy went up to him and says, look, I'm an accountant for 20 scuba divers. I can get you them there next week. Just give me the um, your details and we'll sort it out. And he went, okay. And just seeing that, seeing those people wanting to help, that's that's the greatest thing I've ever seen. And sometimes you talk to people who haven't had that perspective and they do feel like the world is ending and it does like feel like everything's crap and it does feel like it's crap a lot at the minute. But then those stories that I see and meeting people and those people that want to help, even when I don't have the strength to kind of get out of bed in the morning, knowing that there's other people going out and doing that and being able to kind of look after each other and do goodery to mm-hmm. put more good in the world in a time where we need it more than ever, I think is the most important thing. And that's the thing that blows my mind every day is because I don't have a lot of faith in people a lot of the time, but like Rotary genuinely instills my faith into them. And it's like, I think sometimes people, if they have a bit more brute, a bit more strength behind them, i.e. the strength of numbers, the strength of experience. That's why I want Rotary and Rotaract clubs to work together because Rotarians will have a lot more experience of going, no, 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 you don't want to do a concert with no sub. You want a sub in your concert because otherwise mm-hmm. the bass is going to sound awful. You know, you want those that wisdom, that right. stuff. And actually pooling that wisdom together and people just getting along, like I said, that would never normally meet in any other circumstance just for the similar goal of putting more good in the world is my favorite thing in the entire universe and why I'm here today, Gwen. Well, and I have to, and thank you for being in the world, but I, I think we in America forget about the world. Mm. And and I've said this before, and I even joke and say, if you want to send me your hate mail, you know, rotarianpod at gmail.com. Because I think we don't have a lot of bad stuff that happens to us in America. I think it's very interesting. It happens to certain states, there's droughts or there's fires, you know, we have, you know, we've never been destroyed by war. We've never had a famine. We have hurricanes, but we in America are very good at blinders. Yes. We are very good at blinders. And this is what I need in front of me. I, I do know of clubs that only take care of local stuff. Yeah. And don't touch international stuff. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, it's, it, it's something that I think, and we, one of our questions that we, we ask sometimes is, you know, how is rotary seen to the rest of the world? And I almost feel like changing it to how do you think the United States, how is the United States seen by the rest of rotary? Because I don't think the United States Rotarians actually look at themselves as part of a world organization. Is that a, no, I think, uh, that a well, crazy thought? No, not entirely, but I think that's um, the thing that to bring it back to the thing that I love about Rotary is like how international it is and people run differently. So, like I said, people in London, they want to be the check writing clubs. People in the Midlands, we don't have a university, so we want to get involved. And actually, one of our big things is like community and get more people involved. In London, they don't care. They're just like, you want to come to this cool speakers club? Come and join. For us, the reason why it's very different, it's like, well, you want to meet new people. You want to go and do that. And I think you can then zoom that out and mm-hmm. you can look at them as countries like bloody England, we're just talking about Brexit. Like we're very similar. We're like, we want to have our own, we want to pretend we're not international. And it's like the most extraordinarily frustrating thing in the world for someone like me. Um, You know, there's always a lot of temptational places. I've done a lot of work with um, the Netherlands and speaking to them. And some of them are quite like that. But then a lot of them, actually, they have multi-district pets that go across multiple countries. So then they're like, right, let's work together. Let's do this. But then even then you can zoom out a bit more. It goes, well, they're Europe. So then they're not going to worry about, you know, 
Asia or even America. They're just like, no, America's got their own thing. We're going to be Europe. And it's all about this. So I think that idea of that tribalism and that kind of temptation, when they look at studies of that as well, people, groups always naturally fall into that and create that divide. And we were all, all of us are susceptible to it, even if we tell ourselves we're not. And I think in a lot of America, I think there are some clubs that I've met like that. But like I said, if that's part of that identity, it's like, it's that idea of Americans not having um, a lot of passports. The idea of not having a passport is insanity to me. Oh, me too. Like people just like, (laughs) like there's other places to go. Like there's this, but also, and I think from my perspective is that like, I've known a lot of America who have been a mate, people like you, people like all these people that I meet who are amazing and really do care and want to do that. The stereotype might be that, but to be honest, when I went to the Netherlands, they assumed, they were surprised that I hated Brexit when I went around the Netherlands. They were like, oh, really? You mm-hmm. It was like, oh, and like when I went around, when we were doing... Um, <laughs> I know quite a few people who lived in Germany and they were like, oh yeah, you will love Brexit. And they're like, no, I hated it. And also it was a 50-50 vote anyway. But like the assumption always is you want to kind of group those people together. Same as in America, you want to go, well, you all love Donald Trump, don't you? All of you, you love guns, Donald Trump and- Fast food. Opium and fast food. That's it. And that's going it. That, and that, that's it. That's it. But it's like, it's not true. It's, you're, you're frigging massive. There are tons of you. And that, you know, even in each club, I can imagine there will probably be a few- um, NIMBYs and a few like um, very isolationist mm-hmm. people, but then there'll also be quite a few people who want to go out and do help or want or have traveled or are expats from other or are immigrants from other countries or are going like that. And it's like mm-hmm. remembering that. And ultimately, if we were more kind to each other and more accepting of each other for a lot of those attitudes, I think those things would kind of open up. But from my own personal experience, I've been asked to speak in a lot more American countries and the way that they speak about, they put me in contact with quite a few other international clubs that they wouldn't have um, been involved with before. So I think maybe the loud section are very like, yeah, we're very in this, we're very this, look at us. But then that's always the case, isn't it? You know, the Mm -hmm. loudest football fans are only ever singing about their own team. That's true. Well, and it's, you know, it's just basically your accent. Yeah. Yeah. All of us Americans are just like, well, you've got a cool accent. Oh, so thanks. That's, yeah, that's it. That's, you know, you know, as, I, when if, I got, as if, as if Americans don't have an accent, but I, I don't you do, you do. I love, I love my favorite thing is how people in um, South say, I think it's down. They go down. No, I forgot. Down. It is. There's a, no, down. no, no, down. no. There's a, there's a specific, Oh, Oh, when they say uh, done, it's like, Oh, and the way that they say, Oh, in the Southern twang, I love it. Well, ama- I, I love accents. I love accents. Right. Also I'm from the Midlands. So I have like the most bastardized accent. I've got like bit of North, bit of South, bit of like thing. There's no like defined. It's just all in the middle. But the thing that I have found is that I say car park, yes. um, Arbor, and I don't say a lot of my T's. And what I learned doing my podcast was that, like, I saw a meme once that was like, American, bottle of water, British, bottle of water. And it was yeah. like, I don't do that. And it's like, oh, no, I do. And I go sentimental. I go sentimental. <laughs> well, my particular uh, district is District 5050, and it's called 5050 because 50 of it is in Canada and 50 of it is in the United States. That's 50% amazing. of it. So we're we're one of the few international ones. Well, I only have a few more questions for you. And I know you are. And, and so I'm going to do one that everybody expects oh, okay. about the four-way test. And then I want to specifically talk for a few seconds about your podcast. We've, we've jumped around all over the place. So if my listeners are dizzy, hang in there. Uh, but we have, but I think if I, if I look at our, at our, uh, at our usual questions, 
you've you've almost hit all of them without me asking them, oh, which is yeah, pretty awesome. Uh, but there is one that we love, and that is about the four way test, and is yep. the guiding principle of Rotary. Yeah, and I I ask, what does the four way test mean to you? Is it more of an esoteric thing? Or is it a, this is how I run my life? Or through all these interviews, I always say number three is, or are you more of a four-way test police officer? And do you <laughs> check up on others? And are they following the four-way test? What does the four-way test mean to you? I think finding, I think one of the things that I've, as I've gotten older, a thing that I learned as you kind of move up in businesses and other things, it's always about that clarity and getting that clarity of direct, mm. d- direction and drive. And I would say the four-way test is, is, like I said, if you have do goodery as like the top umbrella, what is do goodery? You could almost then go, it's the four way test. Is it true? Okay. Fair, goodwill, all of that. Because, and that's like one, it's such a helpful, once again, it's that really helpful. If I only could tell people like what, one, two, three, four. I've got it up on the screen, so I'll make sure I hit them all because I was really terrified. If I could have like five words, it'd be do goodery, true, fair, goodwill, beneficial for all. Like you could, you can break the things that make Rotary amazing is kind of having that clarity and that focus. And once again, it's going, does it do that? Does it, does it move us towards do goodery or doesn't it? Is it the four, does it pass the four way test or doesn't it? And those are the two things that if you have in the back of your mind are really helpful. And to be honest, I don't, and this is me not like I can understand why sometimes people do um, like want to police it or want to focus on that. But I also think if your values are lined up and you're turning up, you're giving up your time doing that. You are probably already doing the four way test, but I do love it. And I do love pointing to it as a kind of helpful um, North star, using it as a map for the way mm-hmm. that you do a lot of things. Um, and yeah, I think, yeah, if a lot of more places just operated on that, I think the world would be a better place. <laughs> no shirt, no shoes, no four-way test, no enter. Yes, kind of thing. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? And you know what? If you don't have a shirt and shoes, but you're true, fair, kind, and beneficial to all, anyway I'd probably that. serve you anyway. You know, yes. you know, they might have like, yeah, you know. So it's- we have been, we have been hearing uh, for the last uh, half hour, 45 minutes or so about do-goodery. You mentioned it right away. You mentioned it as one of your things that uh, helps you in the four-way test. You mentioned that it's something that you quote unquote feel very selfish about because you were doing good, you know, do goodery while you were, you know, had one of your major inspirational moments. What is do goodery? It is. Is it a podcast? Is it a, is it a force to be reckoned do goodery, with? Is it literally, a- it was, I made it into, it was every time I got a speed, it was to try and turn it into something that people could point to and go, oh yeah, do goodery. And then Jim Davis and in his infinite wisdom was like, you should try and trademark that brand it, which I haven't. I mean, I have nobody steal it, but what I've done is I've, I've done it and I, like everyone's welcome to take it, use it. And it's just, it's basically like, it's just the word you ever need to summarize or point to what rotary is and normally it's a thing that i shout at and it's part of like my identity in rotary as well that was what i spoke about at hamburg was always pointing to that and it's just that i it is to me it's just doing good and it is that central core value of what rotary is it is doing good general do-goodery putting more good in the world than was there before someone falls over you pick them up you done good Someone needs a bit of money, you lend the money, do goodery. Those are the people and the acts and the things that we need more of in the world. 
And if everyone had that, it'd be brilliant. But to be honest, in the world of Rotary, where sometimes, as we said, people can get very quite isolationist or they can forget or they kind of move on. It's like, right, well, then use your compass, do goodery. Like, is it putting more good in the world? And then why why wouldn't you do that? And if you wouldn't kind of do an, it, it's kind of an extension of the four way test, if you think about it. Yeah. You know, if you if you're, you know, I mean, we we have those. Is it the truth? Is it fair at all concerned? And we've been, we've taken apart the four way test in this podcast a lot. I mean, we've yes, had we've had people say, is it the truth? Well, my truth could be different than yours. Absolutely. Or is it fair to all concerns? May not mean you get your way. Yeah. Is it and fair those, to the to the whole thing? Yeah. But do goodery is just like it's just that simple. It's that simple. And that it's was doing good. And, yeah, from learning from all the years in school, from working in schools was always if you can simplify it, simplify it, simplify it until the kids are just remain able to just shout out the thing. Originally, when I um, was in charge of the charity, when I was working with the charity parts in the school, it was always do things. It was like, just do stuff, just do stuff. If you're going to mm-hmm. get them, just do some things you may not have done before, do stuff. And then it kind of, like I said, do goodery was that ultimately, is it putting more good in the world? And like, it has to put good in the world. Like you can, and there's things that you can argue and take apart. And then you can look at things. One of my favorite things I looked at, especially when you look at like morals and ethics and you go down that route, you can look at things as whether they're a net positive or not. Like the internet right. as a thing has brought a lot of pain in the world and brought a mm-hmm. lot of like, you know, has brought that, that, but it's also created a lot of good. It's allowed us to do this now, Gwen. It's allowed, allowed us to do, to do and exactly. go to this. So mm-hmm. I would say that is a net positive. Mm-hmm. Probably, I hope. Ask me in another year. But then, do, like I said, with do goodery, it's that thing again. It's like, if it's a net positive, you know, doing these speeches, spending my time doing this, it's like, is that a net positive? It's like, I think it is. If more people are going to be inspired or want to put more good in the world, and if they don't have the energy, know that they can lean on Rotarians or lean on Rotractors or use the network and get all together to do that, then that is a net positive. And that's the kind of thing do goodery should be. It's just do more good. And what I think is, fascinating is is uh and then you've and then you've done more good in the sense that you know getting into putting on my geek hat every time you do good it literally releases serotonin in your body so it's like we're basically saying do good not even the golden rule that's do unto others that you'd have others do unto you your particular do goodery is very out it's very, you know, it, I, I, I mean, I may sound a little esoteric here, but it's like you're saying just do something good. Just That's all you got to do, even if it's just saying hello, even yeah. if it's a smile. If you're at the yeah. grocery store. Help the short guy pick up the cereal on the top shelf. Yeah. Do goodery. It doesn't exactly have to be that. some grand and it you can know, be, and it absolutely okay, can be. Absolutely. But like, there's no responsibility on you for that. If you, if everyone did like just operated on that, the world would be a lot better because it's very tempting and very understandable, especially with everything going on to kind of become very selfish or not even just self, like become very protective. Like, protect I think yourself. especially during yeah. COVID, we've turned very protective. Absolutely. But like, you know, we were like our Rotrack club during um, COVID, we, we did more, we did more do-goodery than we had than when we weren't in wow. COVID lockdown because it was like, right, what do-goodery can we do? And because of that, and funnily enough, you're talking about serotonin. It also, if that becomes your goal, it's dopamine that gets released from those wins, from those small wins. Right. If you set your goal as do-goodery, right, I've done good today, dopamine. 
dopamine, all, all, the, all the brain drugs, all, all those, the brain all drugs, all the brain drugs that, all that the you good go drugs. to the pharmacist, absolutely, and, and you get filled. Yeah, are are all connected with just as easy as and doing it's those you know goodery. acts of kindness, all of that. I think if it puts more good in the world, does more goodery, do goodery, then that's what it helps with. And that was when we in our road track club, it was like right, we wanted to do quizzes. Mm-hmm. right do goodery right raise money how are we going to do this and then we did interesting online pub quizzes where we had like interactive quiz sheets and we had like i live streamed it that's where i learned a lot about my live stream setup i learned all that to kind of do it because my goal was entertain people raise more money to raise more money and raise awareness of road track do goodery done every meeting every time i do a speech it's like right do goodery are they going to know that's the goal. If they leave with that one thought in their head, do goodery, then I've been successful in what I've done. Because then if they go off and if each of them, they, I do, let's say I speak to 50 people, even if half of them go, oh, he's a wanker, no mind. And then the other half are like, yeah, I, yeah, let's do it. That's 25 more people. That I was going to say, that's, that's like 50% more do goodery out in the do goodery Absolutely. World. And then, you know, it becomes... Um, it just relative and it all grows and it can go out to that. And same as rotary, four-way test. If everyone knew the four-way test and operated on that, would all grow as well. So it's that central goal, that central facet. And like I said, that beacon that I just can, is very easy and nice to just point to <laughs> and yeah. move towards. So yeah, that's what that's, yeah. I hope that answers all your right. question. I'm so sorry. No, that was, no, that was great. But I, so I have one more question for you and I'll let you start your day or end your day because you're actually in England. So I'm, I'm in the middle of my day. You're, yeah, you're it's bedtime now. It is bedtime for me. You're getting into bedtime. I hear you have a podcast. This was the battle of the podcasters. We've had a few it of is. these. Let us know, everybody know what your pad podcast is and how we can all start following you okay well my podcast isn't very it is it is a bit do-goodery um it's not but it's not very charity based at the minute it was a was a project i did over covid and it was the idea was um everything's really depressing and sad can i make <laughs> can we do something that's not really depressing and sad people arguing about politics people under this and me and one of my best friends lived across the country we were like, we, he has the most amazing, he's been my muse for years. When I did stand up, I would involve him in many videos. And what we did was we essentially created a podcast called The Mundane with Chris and Dave. And the idea is it's a custard cream of an experience, a, a, a Dunkin' Donuts of an experience. Just, you know, it's, it's not the best ever, but like, it's just good. Something that is reliable, that turns up on your door and is a bit mildly amusing. And that's the aim of it. And so it's just me and my friend Dave talking about mundane things. Um, the next episode coming up, this is a, this is a scoop, uh, depending on what time this comes out, is on bricks. Talk about the history uh-huh. of bricks. Talk about things. We've done tea bags. We've done oh paper clips. We've done boxes. Did the history of boxes. That went a lot darker than I thought it did. Um, with the his- <laughs> history of dark. And so we talk about the history and we share our own stories. The one that we did on tea bags, as a Brit, as you can imagine, it started off as the history of tea bags, which was probably five minutes. And then the rest of it was us talking about how we make people tea and the importance of making a good cup of tea. Oh, Shepherd's see, pie. Thank God it didn't go off the dark end of, as what oh yeah so, in the uh, united yeah. states so yeah. thank god it didn't oh my go. god oh yeah you know we we ha- well it did kind of touch on it a little Look bit it but up. Like, we're not going to explain we're not going to go down that put, route no otherwise i'm gonna have to put explicit on the <laughs> podcast yeah so look it up the Actually, idea yeah google it so the idea is eventually i want to tie it in and do more do good and tie it up with that but we're very growing we've only released eight episodes so we're, we're kind of growing. but it's just to be so mildly amusing it's never going to be more than 45 minutes i think 40 minutes is our longest one and it's just something a bit fun just to kind of make you make you blow air out your nose a bit faster like 
There you go. And, so, and I, I assume we can get it wherever you uh, get your wherever podcast. podcast, wherever you get your podcast. And it is The Mundane with Chris and Dave. The Mundane with Chris and Dave or website themundane.uk. Themundane.uk. Ah. The Mundane with Chris and Dave. One of my best friends did the uh, theme tune and one of my other best friends did the logo. And it was wonderful. It was just over COVID, just giving everyone a little thing. And they all literally, one of my friends wrote a theme tune. One of my friends made the logo and it was perfect. There was no feedback. I was like, this is it. It's all See, done. that's awesome. I actually wrote the, the theme music for mine. So there you oh, go. Exciting. You know, our, the multi-talent of, of yeah. uh, the the greater Rotarian family. There we go. My, as my British Corgi and, and one day, me. And one day when we grow, we're going to have guests on and they've got to bring their own mundane thing. So I will return the favor one day, Gwen, and we will have you on. Let's do it. I will bring something. you got to think about I'll, it. You know, we've I had will, roads, pens, will, ballpoint I, pens, I, frames. I, 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 I have these glass bubbles that are so good glass for bubbles. people that, you know, I collect glass I have for years. So we'll, we'll find the something. history of glass ornaments. That's what we need. We did footstools recently, zebra crossings. Like honestly, we're building them up, but like, yeah. And that's what I love is that just talking about those little things, you forget the kind of history and the world behind it. But that's the mundane with Chris and Dave, the mundane with Chris and Dave. Thank you. There you go. The mundane Sorry. I just had to do it. What's it? That's and also Chris favorite. Wells, if you ever want me to do a speech or talk to you, just get in contact. I'll happily in whatever ways, we can let's get involved and do as much do goodery or want to work with our club in whatever capacity we have definitely rotaract market harbor hey i love it you never know you may show up on the rotary club of woodby west side here that's the dream that's the dream that part that part of the country is where i've always wanted to go because i love twin peaks so anywhere near canada north side America, that whole area is all I've ever wanted to go to. So come visit anytime the doors open. I have a guest house. You're more than welcome. Oh my goodness, this is it. It's booked, ladies and gentlemen. I'm coming. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. No, thank you so much, Gwen. Okay, Chris. I was legit. I do have a guest house. You are more than welcome anytime. Stamp that passport, Washington State. You are more than welcome to come. And hey, everybody, what do you think about some? do goodery i mean seriously i'm going out every single day and finding out what kind of do goodery i can do today thank you chris so much for joining me what do you think about that energy you guys i'm telling you right now if you're in your radio or your car or your home and you don't have a smile on your face after that interview well then we got to go out and do some do goodery and put a smile on your face All right, then. Time to wrap up the show. If you know a Rotarian that I should know about, let me know. Rotarianpod at gmail.com. And hey, tell others about the podcast. You can get it wherever you get your podcast. Rate and review me. Come on. Tell me how awesome I am as I tap myself on the back. Do it. It helps others find the podcast. And hey, if you want to get in touch with my more musical side, check me out every Wednesday out there in Europe, the UK, the other side of the pond. I'm on Rotary Radio UK with a great show. All right, then until next week, take care of yourself and the world around you. And I'll hear you next time on the I'm a Rotarian podcast. Go do some do goodery. Bye bye.